Now tuning into Fandom Rant Radio. This week on Phantom Ranch Radio, joined with Peter and Stephen Moses, we debate the pros and cons of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC Extended Universe. In this episode, Devin and Clint will be arguing for the MCU, and the Moses brothers, Peter and Stephen, will be arguing for the DCEU. Now, we'll be covering a wide range of topics such as common views and misconceptions, a five-question Jeopardy round, predetermined by the guest speaker, Ryan, bold statements from both sides, and an open conversation about both franchises and their futures. Scruffy-looking nerf herder! Ah! It's a draft! Welcome to this week's episode, and I am here with two of our returning guests, Stephen and Peter. Say hi, guys. What's up? Hi, guys. All right, and also returning is Devin and Clint. Say hi. Remember those guys. What's up? All right. Well, this is going to be a fantastic episode we have planned. So let's just start by going around a circle, introducing each other. We'll start with Clint. Oh, yes, and favorite superhero. Uh, Since we're doing Marvel, I'll do my favorite Marvel superhero. Um, Sorry, Devin, but (laughs) Spider-Man. I'm stealing that from you. (laughs) I'm also one half of Lone Gunman, my partner in crime. And I'm the, I'm the other half, and he just took mine. Anyway, so I'm Devin, and my favorite Marvel superhero is Iron Man. Oh, I, I would say my favorite superhero, too, it's Batman. Oh, yeah, mine's, of all ba- time, yeah. mine's Batman, too. So that's kind of contradictory, but you know, <laughs> let's roll with it. Uh, my name's Peter, and my favorite superhero is Superman, the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> Barely. <laughs> And my name's Steven, and my favorite superhero is Batman. Good man. Why'd you say that name? Anyways, <laughs> so this week we are going to be discussing, well, not discussing, but debating DCEU versus the MCU. And what you can interpret from all of our promo we've been um, promoting on Instagram <laughs> and all that stuff, it will be... Lone Gunman, Devin and Clint arguing for MCU, why it's superior to the DCU, and the Moses brothers arguing, well, what they can about the DCEU. <laughs> Good luck. Biased host. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but before sheep. we dive into this, <laughs> did you just say Marvel sheep? <laughs> Anyways, before we dive into this thick episode... I want to start off with three rules, because I know this will get heated. Rule number one, no interrupting, okay? Crap. So when someone's talking, give them respect, which ties in the second one, respect each other's opinions, okay? Crap. Respect is Devin, earned, I'm not really, given. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really talking to Devin right here. Yeah, I know. I feel like you wrote all these rules just for me. You're not even looking at me. I'm surprised. <laughs> and lastly, keep it civil. Boy. That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? Yeah, I stabbed a man in the heart. I saw that. All right. So with that said, I will just go through some common views on the MCU and DCU, good and bad, just to warm us all up, get us ready for this discussion. So without further ado, we'll start with the MCU. What's good about the MCU? 
film continuity is common. Um, character development, chemistry between originally the three originals, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor. And often people think action sequences are more realistic. Amen. But there are a lot of bad things, too. Stakes don't feel high, take little risks, almost no deaths. Well, except Infinity War. Um, but no one's going to die. Um, everyone's coming back. Then pushed humor. Um, forgettable soundtracks as well. But on the other side of the spectrum, DCU also has been working for their cinematic franchise. Um, and there are some good things about it. Um, bolder filmmaking. Um, big themes and hard questions in the movies. Outstanding soundtracks. Shout out to your boy. Hans the Goat. <laughs> and a great cinematography. And some bad things, obviously. Too much studio interference by Warner Brothers and clear lack of long-term planning. All right. That's it? <laughs> oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. We'll get into that later. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to go into what I like to call the Jeopardy round, which is where I have developed five questions for these boys to answer. And they are very interesting and very diverse questions that will shake them up, I know. And... Whichever side made their argument the best gets a point. And there's five points, five questions. We'll see who comes on top. You boys ready? Let's go. For question number one. From what we've seen so far, which franchise has created the more interesting and captivating stories from the source material and why? I'm going to have to go with Marvel. Yeah, easily uh, Marvel. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Marvel because... Please explain. Marvel has done, I mean, obviously it's not adapted like all the way through, but I'm just going to give an example. Civil War. Civil War is a, I know, I know, I, a very big, very big comic. It's a completely different from what, you know, not as completely, but the divide. It's not as big, but people loved it. People, it's one of the probably biggest Marvel movies coming out or Marvel movie that came out ever, as Devin could probably back me up on oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know the Superhero Registration Act from the comic is different from the Accords, but it works for what it is, mm -hmm. and I think in its appropriate adaptation to the movie yeah, for what it is. Um, each character for Marvel has had perfect character development, and that's not just because of how many movies MCU has done, but it's the way that they've introduced each character on screen. For example, Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Nobody really wanted another Spider-Man. I mean, there was like two years, like we said in our last episode, it was like two years apart from uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. And now we're in 2016. But they did the introduction with Tom Holland Spider-Man so well that it got fans to like, you know, want more. And Spider-Man right. Homecoming is arguably one of the best. Oh, yeah. Not my favorite Spider-Man 2. Oh. This is the last episode. Keep All up. Right. Anyway, but yeah, there's a lot more to elaborate on. But I'm going to. Cool. Give their turn. Hand it over to the Moses Brothers. I know they have a lot to say from what just happened. Oh, God. Yeah, so Zack Snyder had, like, his whole franchise planned out. Like, he had, man before Man of Steel even was released, he had Batman v Superman planned out. While I would argue that, like, through Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, uh, and even, like, I guess Wonder Woman, uh, that you can very much make an argument with those three movies that they have told just as good, if not a better story, uh, a more co cohesive story. Well, originally green lantern was supposed to be the kickoff to the DCU, but that, um, 
if you didn't already know, miserably failed. <laughs> Rip Ryan Reynolds, but you know, he's back. He joined the right team, Marvel, so, you know. What part of comic accurate did you get Civil War the movie adaptation from? I'm not saying that it's accurate. I'm saying that the they made a good adaptation for the MCU. I I'm, think... Oh, go ahead. Do you want to go? Go ahead. All right. Oh, I, so think it, I think it's what... Um, <laughs> I know, it's too civil. But um, I think what MCU does perfectly and that what I really admire is that they're not trying to take so much from the comics but more inspirations and ryan has actually said this before you're welcome i'm giving you a shout out for that i would disagree with that all they did was take the name from civil war and put it into the movie you have in the beginning that it's about the accords but what it turns out into a little fight over bucky like is he innocent is he not they don't go into any evidence about it they don't investigate any facts about it they just want to fight each other sounds like batman for superman too all right, well, I'm going to conclude for this. I think Team Marvel wins just because I would agree with you guys. The MCU has done an incredible job with developing stories, introducing characters like Spider-Man. Um, and I think they have created interesting stories. DCU is just a little inferior because they only have, what, five movies? Three. <laughs> <laughs> but so one point to the MCU boys. Now... On to question number two, which will grip you guys a little bit more. Are you guys ready? Always. Which franchise has casted the best actors, giving us the best acting, and why? MCU. All right. Argue why. Uh, Let's start first off. Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. If you had to put top five reasons why MCU is so successful, he would be one of them. It blurs the line whether... Robert Downey Jr. is almost like playing himself as Tony Stark. He is like Tony Stark, and that's what makes him so perfect. And he's had such a perfect character arc from 2008's Iron Man and then all the way leading up to Avengers 4. I mean, Tom Holland, I think, is probably the best Spider-Man overall. Like we've said in Spider-Man episode, he's the right age for it, you know, sophomore in high school. He's actually in high school. Yeah, he's actually in high school. (laughs) like 30 minutes. He's quippy, he has humor, and there's also drama in there at the same time. Yeah. A good balance between Peter Parker and Spider-Man, which is a very important role. Uh, we got to go with DC with this. I, I love what you said about Robert Downey Jr. You know, the MCU has kind of taken the tone of like him with like that sarcasm and all that. But, I mean, can you really imagine anyone other than Henry Cavill playing Superman? Christopher Reeves. You know what I mean. Because Superman is the hardest comic book character to cast. Because it's Superman. And so you could easily make the case that Henry Cavill is the best casting in comic book movie history. And so you have him. You have Ben Affleck, who Mm -hmm. literally, like, actually looks like Bruce Wayne. Like, in Batman v Superman. He looks like Bruce Wayne from the comics. But does Bruce Wayne in the comics have a butt chin? He actually does. Yeah, he does. He really? Does. He does. All right. I correction. Yeah. No, he ha- that's one of the reasons why some people have like talked about oh, John Hamm and stuff as Batman, but then Stephen are just like, he doesn't have the chin. It could be like, oh, wow, he like jumped out of the comic, both he and Henry. And obviously, like the MCU has a lot more movies, so they have a lot more actors to talk about. But then you also talk about like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Like, could you like, she, she killed that role, mm-hmm. even though I wouldn't say it's like as like perfect casting because you could say wonder woman wonder woman is the hardest female comic book character to cast because i guess um, i agree with that yeah so like dc did an amazing job of probably the maybe the two most the two hardest 
characters to cast and they Zack Snyder catches them perfectly. And then you want to talk about Chris Pine as Steve Trevor? <laughs> oh, you had to bring Chris Pine. You, had to bring my you got me. <laughs> hey, DC got to him first. And then you go on and you go look at all the casting that they've done, and there's not a single casting that you can say that was a bad casting from the DCU. Like Viola Davis as uh, Amanda, Amanda Waller, Waller in Suicide Squad. Yeah, the movie was a trash movie, but... The, the casting, casting was fantastic. What about uh, Jared Leto as the Joker? He had like five minutes of screen time. That is true. I can't judge but him. Yeah, if you've watched and the it, deleted and, scenes, and it's <laughs> and it's the script itself that was just so bad. And like, other than like Jason Momoa, who else would make Aquaman not look like a joke? Like oh, he's yeah. been the butt of every jo- he really superhero has. joke. Chris Hemsworth. He's already Thor. Though, That's right. So. If he wasn't okay. Thor, I think that would be cool. All right, you guys ready for my decision? I think I'm gonna have to go with the boys again for MCU yeah. just just because I think they're getting a little too prideful right now. But I I don't know. I think MCU has just done an incredible job with casting. The actors have performed, and again, like it's it sucks that we haven't gotten enough DCU because I feel like it would be too close to call if we've gotten more of Ben Affleck, more of yes. Gal Gadot, and more of Henry Cavill. Gal- I, but we I love Gal Ben Gadot. Affleck. Batman. Gal Gadot. <laughs> Okay, well, now this one is going to be a little bit harder for my MCU boys to argue. Oh, crap. But we're going to go for it. Which franchise displays the heroes and villains' intentions and ambitions better? Well, for Thanos, I'd bring in the big boy. He definitely displays each uh, his entire goal throughout the entire movie of Infinity War. Unlike how you could say Steppenwolf. He's just he's just there. Like he has no character to him. He's just one big CGI mess. You know, let's say Justice League compared to like First Avengers, like Loki compared to Steppenwolf, like Loki in terms of like being a better villain in that movie. And I Loki think has Loki... great motives because he's already you've already you already know that he's Thor Brothers. You already know that he's always been underwhelmed kind of compared like out- to Thor. Kind of like the So outcast. he's always been in Thor's shadow. <laughs> so this is yeah. for both heroes and villains, right? Yes. Like for everything. Yeah, and so like with the difficult part of like comparing the DCEU and the MCU is like, the MCU has had like 20 movies, whereas the DCEU has only had five. The MCU has just been so consistent and has like consistently been very, had very good casting. And so like with this, like with character intentions, obviously like you're not going to have as many, but with Superman, like before Man of Steel, You'd see like a lot of people c- c- talk about and complain about how Superman is just some boring Boy Scout. Zack Snyder really delved into the actual character of Superman, why he does everything that he does. You can't operate on this earth with, without there being consequences and backlash for whatever decision that you make, especially with a being of that kind of power. Mm-hmm. Like in BVS, during the Day of the Dead montage, the guy, asks, the guy says, uh, on this earth, every act is a political act. And like, so Superman's torn between, I have these values and all this stuff instilled in me and I want to do what's right, but what's like, do I, should I keep doing all this if, if every time, like every time that I, you know, do some, do what's right, people aren't going to like it. Cause as we obviously saw in, uh, like Man of Steel or in, especially like Batman v Superman, with Zod, I would honestly say he's the second best comic book movie villain after he throws a Joker. Whoa. Let's hear you <laughs> argue that. Let's hear you argue it. Zod? Why we would put Zod. Like, Michael Shannon just delivered an amazing performance as Zod. Um, and 
for us and as as did Josh Brolin as Thanos. But for us, the tipping point for putting Zod over Thanos was the fact that Thanos's plan, especially because so they changed Thanos from you know in the comics he's like the Mad Titan. He all he just wants to do is like impress Lady Death. Yeah, kill half the population, yeah. impress Lady yeah. Thing. Whereas but- in here they try to make him more of like he's this guy who's doing just trying to do the right thing, what he believes is the right thing for it's the like universe. Stalin. But then when the more like the Russo brothers explain it and the more you actually look into it, his plan doesn't make any sense. Because when he snapped, they talked about how he killed uh, half, half humans, half animals, and half plants. They talked about that. And so it's like, that doesn't, that literally changes nothing. Because plants and animals are part of the resources that humans use to survive and like other creatures. Whereas Zod, his intentions were, right before he, the final battle with him and Superman, he says, everything I do is no matter how violent or how cruel is for the greater good of my people. And so that was his entire purpose because that's literally what he was created uh, to do. He's mm-hmm. the hero for the people of Krypton. He's their general. He's their leader. Everything he does is an action for his people. He's All he does is like make sure that for his people survive. Of Krypton. <laughs> and now he has no people. Rip. Yeah, so I would bring up Batman. Like there's this alien that caused all this destruction or at least like that's how he views it because like obviously those those are the two fighting and then obviously you see him after superman sacrifices himself he realizes that you know i was completely misjudged him uh and that's what causes him to go he Zack snyder did uh which we've never really had before a, re- a reverse deconstruction of batman all right well i'm ready to make my decision and i'm gonna have to go with moses brothers and I'll explain why. <laughs> just because, <laughs> just because, um, you the MCU is just so easy to argue because they have so much character development, they have so much stuff to work with. But when you talk about the DCU, you really only have three big people. Well, one main villain who actually was good, Zod. You guys argued that really well, and Man of or uh, Superman and Batman. And I think with what they've done in just one movie with Batman, if you just count BVS. And then with General Zod, you, you really do see interesting dynamics in the characters, new perspectives, and especially with Zod. I feel like his intentions on restoring his people seem a little bit more of a better drive than Thanos. Because Thanos isn't restoring his planet. You know, he's like, well, my planet died, so I, I got to, it's, it's my burden to save the world, which is cool too. But it's just, it's, it's different, which I liked. Um, so yeah, that's my reasoning. But we're ready to move on to number four. So it's two, three, right? Yeah, we two, are. two to one right two now. Two to one. Two one. All right, number four. Which franchise is more effective in presenting new concepts or ideas that haven't yet been explored by its prede- uh, predecessors, exploring creativity, innovation, and never before seen content? You like that, boys? Basically, um, which franchise has taken more chances and explored? more creative story writing he's gonna bring up wonder woman just watch <laughs> <laughs> i'm bringing up man of steel to off the right off the top having superman kill somebody like yo i can't argue with that i think we can all agree that yeah Zod but dying. i mean like and then you have batman v superman batman being a murderer yeah but i mean they're all bad guys but that's his one rule you know what's kind of funny DC like makes like a huge like thing about oh killing people, but MCU <laughs> just kills people left and right. Yeah, it's like that's kind of like the differences between their universes. Like yeah. they're more 
soldiers kind of in Marvel versus like the people view people like the DC heroes as gods like above them in yeah. a way. So they always like strive for that example. Gods among us. Because like with the MCU, like they've done like an incredible job at building their universe and um but there's not nearly as much groundbreaking stuff that they can do especially with their characters due to the fact that Marvel before the MCU didn't really have like outside of like a Spider-Man and like the X-Men yeah, were no. going Marvel they didn't have sucked. <laughs> yeah. No, they they, were... they didn't really have like any it like was the opposite. C- cinematic history whereas DC has so much rich his- rich history like cinematically with you know su- the Superman the movie and then uh Superman 2 you have Batman, you have the Dark Knight trilogy, you have all the stuff where every little thing is going to be compared to those movies that, you know, people hold in such high regard. Like, you have, obviously, like, the Dark Knight trilogy, which just came before, uh, like, Man of Steel, and so obviously people are going to compare that to, like, uh, Batman v Superman, and the Dark Knight is still very much, by vast majority of people, considered the gold standard of uh, comic, of superhero movies. That I agree. For Marvel, it's obviously in the creative aspect. It's very hard to argue because, you know, Marvel movies have this very formulated thing that each but one goes works. through. Yeah, I know it, it works. But there are some that do kind of like don't do the same tropes as much. Like, obviously, like when you mentioned Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier, me and Devin have talked about this a lot of times. It's not just like a superhero movie. It's like a Jason Bourne movie. It's yeah. like, it's kind of like reflecting on society, like, you know, and it's like more of like a spy kind of like we we are. Yeah, it's, it's more like, of a spy thriller than it is a superhero film. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with Winter Soldier. They definitely broke new ground. MCU. Oh, and there's also one thing that I wanted to bring up, like um Iron Man. Iron Man when it first came out, you can argue that like every Marvel film has that was like, a copied, huge risk. Kind of copied a template from kind of like Iron Man. And Iron Man took a huge like Devin said a huge risk. No like you know, no, yeah. Most people that have, like, unless you've watched like the '90s Iron Man TV show, like Iron Man's kind of like a B-list superhero. Yeah. yeah. But they made him into this, you know, huge super like superhero. Yeah, and even like on the topic of like Marvel films delving into uh, like other territory where it doesn't even just feel like a superhero film, mm-hmm. like Man of Steel, you could is very much like a sci-fi movie, and Batman v Superman is very much like a political thriller about like the importance of journalism. Right. There's a reason that Man of Steel and BVS are two of the most, if not the most polarizing superhero films of all time. It's because people weren't ready for that. All right. Well, I have to make a decision. Let me think for a second. think to keep this interesting but also because i feel they deserve it i have to go with the moses brothers as well just because what they've been talking about but also peter showed me an article about how um, the ruser brothers actually did admit that they did copy the idea of making a civil war movie or heroes versus heroes because they saw that dcu was doing it then why does everybody hate on batman versus superman if they are this this good of like comic accurate actually has extremely good storytelling why is it like misunderstood by regular audiences and critics because regular audiences don't watch the extended version you see regular audiences see the theater version and that's a crappy movie fans tend to get attached to certain adaptations of the character but not the comic book character 
And that's what you see with people disliking Henry Cavill's Superman because they're attached to the Christopher Reeve Superman or the Ben Affleck Batman because they're attached to the Nolan trilogy, which was fantastic. But that ends up saying like, oh, this isn't like this. This isn't the Batman that I, you know, like or this part of the Batman that I like more. So, Which is, I think you can tie that to Last Jedi. I hate to say it. But a lot of Stop people, Jack. No, Jack. 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 You always have to Jack. like a lot of people, like these characters are different, which lead to people not liking them. And they're taking new risks with these characters where same thing with Last Jedi. They're taking risks with Luke Skywalker and it's not accepted by most fans. They don't like it, which um, just goes to show you can't please everyone. And um, I just like how the DCU have, I mean, I hate to admit it how they've tried to create a different environment. They see what MCU is doing. It's working for them. But they're like, what if we try doing something different? What if we introduce Superman before he really is the symbol of hope? What if we introduce Batman after he's gone through all this struggle? Whereas the MCU kind of, yeah, they took risks, really big risks with opening with Iron Man. Um, But once they kind of established stuff, it seems like they kind of created a formula and just kind of stuck with it. Um, obviously, until Infinity War. Are we ready to move on to the last question? Which So the score is 2-2, but it's time to determine a champion because odd All numbers right. equal greatness. World War Series, seven games. <laughs> I guess the NFL won game. Anywho, enough sports. <laughs> this is the question that you've all been waiting for. And this will determine which franchise is more superior, is more... Just more entertaining. All right, come on. Let's go into it. Which franchise has created the more interesting, engaging, and entertaining films to date? MCU. See, I can... MCU is not only does it do coherent storytelling, develop good characters, but they're also really entertaining movies. This doesn't apply for every mcu movie um but at this point a lot of them a lot of them are just like it's comparable to fast food and where you watch it and it's like an initial viewing it's like oh awesome like cool this was like a really enjoyable movie and you go back and watch it again it's like uh like loses its value each time you watch it um and the more you actually think about the movie where, like, obviously, like, it doesn't apply to, like, all of them. But for a lot of them, because they become, it's so much of a formula. Whereas, I'm not trying to, like, I hope this doesn't happen for a very long time and everything. But more likely than not, if there happens to be superhero fatigue sometime soon, it'll most likely be because of the MCU. You know what? He's right. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree with you on that. After Avengers 4, I, it's oh, going to get really... We, we've talked about this. I, I'm going to try to stop watching Marvel movies besides Spider-Man. I'd say that because Marvel movies are such carbon copy, like, copies of each other, it's, like, All right. less yeah. entertaining. Like, Doctor Strange, like, it was, the visuals were great, but the story and everything, like... Wait, isn't Doctor Strange your guys' brother's favorite MCU movie? What? <laughs> he doesn't know anything about <laughs> movies. I mean, that's why I love Ant-Man. It's, like, it's a heist movie about somebody who's, like... It's refreshing, yeah. But to add on to that... Let's, uh, like, I'm not going to compare every Marvel movie to the DCU because it's just not fair. I'm just going to go with Phase 1. Let's go with Phase 1 of Marvel, which is, you know, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, 
Hulk, Thor, and then obviously Avengers. And they did that first. And then I'd actually argue that like Thor is actually really good. I've said this before, and I know probably you guys are going to hate me for it, but it's a very good fish out of water type of thing. Hmm. Thor is this big guy, and then, you know, obviously... He's a god, yeah. He's a god. And then, you know, like what Steven said, like, you know, it's kind of a carbon copy, like rediscover yourself, but it's also different in the same way because he wants to go back home and be like that, but he has to look into himself and change himself in -hmm. order to, you know, not be this such an arrogant and ego guy. I know you could say say the same thing with, you know, Tony Stark and everyone, Uh but, you know... Yeah, it's but, hum- it's, but it's you more... see their character completely change. Thor was a very cocky guy in the very beginning, and then now he's like, he lost everything. Now he's just, he has the mission, that's all that's left. Why Why do you guys think, talking to the Moses brothers, why do you guys think the DCU would have the upper hand in more engaging and entertaining films? Rewatchability. Like, there, there are three Marvel movies that I rewatch. Iron Man 1, The Winter Soldier... And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Not the original Avengers? Avengers is like really up there in rewatchability. Thor Ragnarok too? Thor Ragnarok has oh. zero rewatchability oh, for me. Oh no. What? Wait, what? I like the first Thor more. That is than one the... of the funniest Whoa, movies. Whoa, you don't... You they like... turned Thor into a comedian. They turned Ragnarok from the comics, which because was... Because he was dull. The, but Dark World. Dark World, Thor takes himself way too seriously. And it's obvious people don't Loki's like that. Loki's the best character in Dark World. Yeah. <laughs> like Thor was so boring in Dark World. Everything that like I base my opinions on, I base it off comics because that's like where my foundation is. I read comics before I watched movies, and all that. And Thor Ragnarok, Surtur was a joke. Surtur was a joke of a villain in Thor. They got Ragnarok. Clancy Brown to, vo- to voice. They got Clancy Brown yeah. to voice him, and he was and they and he was a joke of a villain. He did nothing. He got beat by Thor. But like you know, obviously, I'm a huge I'm a huge comic book fan too. Like I'm really big. Well, I'm not probably I don't know as much as you guys, but. You know, I, I obviously love DC more than Marvel, and I've read some Marvel comic books too. But like what Devin said before, like it's kind of like making like introducing people into comic book movies doesn't necessarily have to be like the source material. It has to you know entertain the audience as a whole. Because there's a lot of things that happen in comic books that would not, like I said before, translate well on screen. It's either over the top or extremely cheesy. Like um, example, Civil War, the comic in Civil War, it would. With what Marvel has laid out now, it would not fit into the like movie at all because mm-hmm. first and of the all, MCU. first of all, you already half the people in actually at that time, almost all the people in the Avengers, you already know their secret identity, so the whole entire hero registration act does not fit in there at all. But with you know the chords, what's seen like you know the Avengers, you know kind of like messing up cities and stuff like that with their battles, yeah. it's a it's an appropriate and it makes sense and why they would do that. See, I respect that more than just taking straight things from the comics because they're being a little more original to it. Like, they're not just trying to, okay, we'll take this comic, we'll make it a movie, we'll take this comic, we'll make it a movie. We're just like, oh, okay, we'll take aspects from this, take aspects of that. It's like they're picking and choosing, trying to be a lot more delicate and precise with their films. Right. I do agree with that. I like how they're referencing their own films, their own major battles that they've been able to build off of. But back to our question do you guys have anything else you want to add with which franchises created the more interesting engaging and entertaining films yeah like for me i would say and i think i mentioned this a little before like i would 
vouch for like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman being having uh like better entertainment value than and than like the MCU movies, but like if we're talking about the DCU as a whole, and like I mean obviously you could throw Wonder Woman in there as well, um, but uh if we're if we are talking about the DCU versus the MCU as a whole, I wouldn't be able to say like because obviously we'll probably talk about Justice League a little later. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we probably hate it more than you guys. That's all we're gonna say. Really? Oh, no, actually, yeah. So um, yeah, with like Suicide Squad and Justice League, but like both of those movies, uh, for us personally, like, I don't know if we could be able to say like the DCEU as a whole mm-hmm. versus just saying oh, like Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. So honestly, we would even say that overall the mcu if we're talking about mcu and dcu as a whole as we we would argue that man of steel and bvs is like a higher peak but then in terms of like consistency and average we'd go with the mcu wow i did not expect it to go that way what happened when i was gone (laughs) (laughs) so technically everyone wins (laughs) well you did canada you you did tell us to be all civil and everything like you were right (laughs) i didn't think you guys would listen to me i'm so proud anyways Anyways. But yeah, obviously, <laughs> yeah. obviously it's Marvel because it's four against zero. Actually, I'm sticking my neck out for the DCU for this one. Just kidding. <laughs> but I like what Devin and Cliff were saying about um, how you just you watch an MCU film and you feel entertained. It engages you. You feel like you walk out of the theater and you feel like different. You feel You're good. like you feel good. Like wow. Except after Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, but there still is an emotion tied. Mr. Shark, I, I don't feel so good. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Jack. Audio cue Jack. Jack. Stop, Jack. <laughs> Marvel. Ooh, Mr. Tark. Get out of our heads. <laughs> Anyways, this went a lot longer than I thought, but it actually had some really good conversation. Um, but we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a few moments. All right, we are going to take a short break to hear from a local comic book company called Harley Slavic that's located in Texas. Hey guys, Ryan here. So I'm going to read to you guys their mission statement. We are a Texas-based, family-oriented, direct sales and comic distribution company with a genuine passion for the comic industry. We are a distributor of comics, comic accessories, and toys. Our goal as a company is to provide retailers and readers alike an alternative to the monopolistic comic tycoon that is Diamond Comic Distributors and ensure the survival of the comic industry by providing products that speak to everyone combined with superior service. You can contact them through email at harleyslavic at gmail.com or message them on Instagram and Facebook. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. We are now ready for a new segment that we're starting, which is called just flat out bold statements. Dude, this is just going to be full of mic drops. Out. So what I asked the boys to do was pre-create, predetermine a huge statement they have either for the DCU or the MCU. 
It could be positive. It could be bad. It could just be just saying something in general that is very controversial. And we, once someone says something, I know <laughs> the floodgates of riots will open. So this will be fun. This is it. new. So <laughs> I'm looking at Steven. So oh, this yeah, will I'm be worried. interesting. And I want to go starting with Clint. Do it. Then Devin. Or no, wait. Do it. We'll go Clint. <laughs> then we'll go Peter. Then Devin, and then Steven. Oh, no. All right? <laughs> so, without further ado, let's hear Clint's bold statement. Zemo is a better villain in Civil War than Lex Luthor is in Batman versus Superman. <laughs> How was Zemo going to accomplish his plan of dividing the Avengers? Because he planned it all out. He laid it flat out. And I know it's on. I know what you guys are going to say. It's on chance if they're going to do, if this character is going to do that. I, I know. It, I know. I know, but it worked out, didn't it? His plan worked out through fruition. I can't pronounce that word right. That's called movie plot. I know it's called movie plot. So it's doomsday. In what way? Because it's just so they can have a big final act because Batman for Superman obviously can't fight for more than 10 minutes. Other than that, movie's over. Well, I mean, it is called Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Well, then why didn't they just call it Dawn of Justice? I could actually argue against you, Devin, which (laughs) the only stance I'm going to take this whole podcast. (laughs) Go for it. I think that it is important to have Batman vs. Superman, Donna Justice as the title. Because if it's just Donna Justice, you miss that our heroes are going to be fighting each other. And then if it's just Batman vs. Superman, you miss there's going to be an ending conflict that results in a unification of these superheroes. That's what Justice League is for. And they could Yeah, this just, is what set up Justice League. But they could have just showed, like they showed in the trailer, like, you know, obviously in the first and they trailer, showed Batman. Doomsday in the trailer. We, Ex- Steve, <laughs> Steve and I both think that was really dumb on uh, part of the marketing team. That's all I have to say. Zemo is more likable than Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. Because I think Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor just comes off as, like we said before. Zemo has motivation, too. Yeah, he has motivation in Jesse and, Eisenberg. It just comes. I know, I know, like, you know, the whole entire beating. That entire thing, but they don't really like. They don't really elaborate on that. They don't really elaborate as much as you know Zemo does in his confession act before he tries to off himself. Lex Luthor basically during the whole movie is like going over the philosophical aspects of God. Lex Luthor says how uh, we know now better, don't we? Devils don't come from hell beneath us; they come from the sky. I knew that quote was gonna pop up. Don't somewhere. worry, I'll answer that audio. It should be upside down. We know better now, don't we? The devils don't come from hell beneath us, no. No, they come from the sky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, and I mean, like in all actuality that actually came up, Sparky, he like comes from the sky. And so I was like, so... Woke. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, ASU okay. games during yeah, the intro. Yeah. It's like Sparky comes <laughs> from Sparky above. It's like a so double. I was like, see, like, I was like, see Ryan. <laughs> yeah, you, DCU copied funny. ASU basically. <laughs> <laughs> but, see, yeah, you can, get, you can call that out. Roll credits. <laughs> Number one in innovation. But let's hear from Peter. What's your bold statement? I know it's going to be My very bold interesting. Is... Let's wait. Drum roll, please. Zack Snyder is the best comic book movie director of all time. Uh. <laughs> Uh oh! <laughs> no, 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 no! <laughs> in terms of making comic book movies, not saying he's the best director to ever direct a comic book movie. Like, no, that would be like Christopher Nolan, probably. Probably, um, yeah, no, not probably. Yeah, that would be like Christopher Nolan. But in terms of um, 
No, and I would even I would even say as in terms of making like comic book movies, when you specify like three hundred and Watchmen, the uh you know Man of Steel, BVS, Watchmen, and I mean three hundred is a comic book movie. It's not a superhero movie, but um like Watchmen was considered unadaptable to the big screen, mm-hmm. and he did it. He changed like the final act to make it like like you were saying like certain things don't work in real life, but to, like, to, to make it like more like realistic and not as just out there. And so he changed the ending, but like that was considered unadaptable and he did it. Like for me, um, like when Zack Snyder, you give him source material to work with, he can make some incredible movies. Let me ask you this. So what you're saying is he's the most true to the comics out of all the directors that we've seen that's directed a superhero film. Yeah. Like, cause the thing is comic book movies are so much about visuals and like showing and the show, because even, like, you look at, obviously, Christopher Nolan's, like, the Dark Knight trilogy is supposed to be based on realism. Like, a cape, even, like, with how he used it in the movie, and the explanation of how the cape worked isn't, like, practical. But it's, it's still very much about show. And so that's part of what comic book movies are. And so that's, you know, he's one of the best, if not maybe the best visual director. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a very good visual director. Like... People hate what they don't understand. People don't understand Superman. And so a lot of people do hate him. Because actually I saw this in a YouTube comment. Um, uh, you know, Christopher Reeves, Superman is like um, what we should aspire to be. But Henry Cavill, Superman is what... What, what did he say? It was something... More relatable? Yeah, it was more relatable. It's more of like... Human. Yeah. Even though lot, he's alien. It's a lot more human. Because you know how Christopher Reeves is supposed to be perfect. And like a perfect person, like his Superman... Otherwise, Henry Cavill's is a very, you know, more relatable. He's more human. Um, and so he, he's going from, you know, finding his place as a hero. And then he was going to become, like, Injustice League, that was the plan, to cause him to become, like, more so like Christopher Reeve Superman. Like, Superman as an icon instead of... And obviously, it would, <laughs> <laughs> still, ex- it would still explore him as a character. But in terms of... We, he would grow into the Superman that we all know and love in Justice League. So basically, Zack Snyder is the goat. Basically. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll go with it. We are ready for Devin's oh, big, bold statement. Let's hear it, boy. Well, I think Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man is the best superhero performance on screen. Ooh. I don't know if I can disagree with that. Better than Christian Bale, too. Absolutely better than Christian Bale. He's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. because Robert Tennant, not only did he, like, does he have great performances, but he has so many of them. Yeah. And the MCU takes the character of Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, that's literally, Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I can say is Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. That's the only one, yeah. But even Stan Lee said that when he wrote uh, Iron Man, like, you know, Robert yeah. Downey Jr. would be the perfect fit for it. Or like some type of cool like that. I can't remember exactly what he said. He fits the character. Yeah. Like a glove. Yeah. I think that's really cool, Devin. Doesn't spark an argument because it's so true. And I we mean, can all agree yeah. with it. I mean, can you think of any other actor who deserves a role better than because Robert Downey Jr.? Because not only do you have to have the like the great performances, which he does, but you need to have the launch the longevity which like only yeah. someone like Hugh Jackman Capability would have to as Wolverine. Hugh Jackman played character. Wolverine for 17 years. Yeah. Dang. Wait, really? Yeah. Since 2000. 2000 oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't 
And Dude, Logan was in time 17. flies, man. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. Man, that guy does not age. He really doesn't. <laughs> and he was amazing in Greatest Showman. Anyways, but <laughs> I just like to I love Robert Downey Jr. He's just such he's a lovable guy. And man. The thing is he's just like beyond his acting, which is fantastic in the MCU, he's just such a good guy. And he recovered from um, That's what a I was lot of say, drug addiction. This is probably the and, biggest bounce back any other actor yeah, has ever had. Besides Chris Pine and Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's time to move on to Steven's biggest mic drop. Oh Let's hear it. I was really debating with this whether to say uh, this or another movie. But then your point was about Civil War. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> all right infinity war isn't a good movie it's only an okay movie it's not great it's not good it's got so many plot holes and inconsistencies it's got so many oh it should have been or could have been or would have been it doesn't like it's not even it, 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 it like has so many movie. questions that the sequel needs to answer and that it's that's, just, that's what leaves you on the edge of the seat, though. You don't know how they're going to solve this. But like, let's talk about the plot holes. It's got, like, plot holes that the sequel needs to answer. Give me one. Give me one. How does Thor find Wakanda? That is true. How does Thor find... Yeah, Marvel sheep, Ryan. <laughs> I just watch it, and I love it. Um, <laughs> but, but this is actually, like, a, in like a, a first Avenger. I think this was one of our... In our top ten plot holes episode. Why didn't he send Thor to Earth? He left Thor to kind of just to die there in that ship. He didn't know what was going to happen to him conveniency hulk was right next to him the other was he was i guess and maybe he turned around and maybe he knew that you know like thor could handle it but he knows that you know thor is more powerful than hulk and then like you know hulk can revert back to banner and then whoop dead but what if you know he doesn't know that if thanos is going to kill him or not is he going to spare him or leave him to die he has no idea but he chooses to save hulk well i guess because Maybe I know so why. if he's if he is like almost like the all seeing eye basically, <laughs> he, maybe he just I don't know foreshadowed. Oh like no, he knew I have in a great, head I have a great explanation for that. Ex- he had a sense explanation. Destiny told. <laughs> no, because in the comics, that's how um, the Infinity War comics are introduced. That's how Silver the fight Surfer. is introduced by um, Silver Surfer crashing through a roof of <laughs> Doctor Strange. Yet now they do Bruce Banner, which is another thing that we were saying. Um, sometimes scenes in comic strips don't translate well to, to the movie. I'm not, and that was a circumstance. That's less for, you know, just it translating to, you know, Marvel just not having the rights to Silver Surfer. So I'm just saying like they tried creating <laughs> that scene, but it just didn't work because it was, it was cool on how you find out about Thanos, like what he's actually doing. Cause I mean, I mean the, the scene itself would have worked. It's just, they can't use Silver Surfer. So right. Like, but it's like, why send Hulk when you can send Thor? It it doesn't make sense. I actually I do have something to say. Like it, it it also comes down to plot. It also comes down to plot too, which you know we can say argue about because you know sending Hulk back to Earth would be a lot more interesting than it would be to Thor. And then how does Bruce Banner remember everything that happens with Thanos and all that? Because if you remember Thor Ragnarok. He turns back into Bruce Banner and has know. no idea what's going on, where he's been, he's been, how he's been missing for so many years. And then he knows all this about Thanos all of a sudden. 
Here's a theory. Maybe Hulk didn't even transform back to Bruce Banner from the time gap between Ragnarok and Infinity War. Because at the end of Ragnarok, it zooms out and you see Hulk. You don't see Bruce Banner. And in the opening scene in Infinity War, you see Hulk, not Bruce Banner. Yeah, but they also had the opportunity to kill off people. Like, I 100% thought they were going to kill off Steve Rogers. Well, they might now. I mean, they kind of have to because he said he's done playing Captain America. And it works perfect for his story arc, too. I mean, yeah, I just, I think it's hilarious how a long time ago, uh-huh. which didn't seem very far ago, we were making predictions on deaths in Infinity War. We thought people would and die. And who got the most right, by the way? I just oh want to throw that out there. <laughs> but the thing is, we were predicting one of the original six to die, and none of them did, which is, I feel like we should have, we should have anticipated that because they're making a, a, a last because this Avengers is their film. This is their, this is their story. These are their Avengers films. And why would they not be in their last Avengers film, you know? Well, Rooster Brothers confirmed that only two of the original are making out. Right, and that's after not the Avengers storyline. Making you know? it out. <laughs> that's after, uh, okay, all right. <laughs> it's Black Widow. Bruce and Thor. Black Widow and Hulk. <laughs> Hulk and Thor, please. <laughs> or as L3 would say in Solo, oh, it works. It works. <laughs> which it brings Ryan, me to... Why, why are you here? <laughs> which brings me to my bold statement. Don't I get a bold statement, guys? No. Marvel no. Sheep don't get bold statements. <laughs> Shut up. Yes, I do. I think Rogue One is a better movie than Infinity War. Bam. I said it. Well, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> There's no argument. Shut up, Steven. <laughs> I just like to just say that. Oh, put right. it out there. Trying to be bold here. In, in three minutes, Vader was more scary than Thanos. <laughs> I would totally admit to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we are ready to just kind of move on. Is there anything else you guys had in mind thinking about um, MCU, the DCU, what you guys wanted to talk about with the Moses Brothers? Moses Brothers want to talk about Steven. Or, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Devin, you got anything? It's Devin? Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, anyway. I said Steven. Can I say this one? I was going to say like the that, that Superman's the worst part of Justice League. Yeah, like elaborate on that. Yeah. I say Batman I think, is. I think it's because Batman actually is not as great in that. But anyway, I think it's because it kind of ruins the theme of the movie. Because with Superman dying, they made a huge deal out of that. But with Justice League, it's like not even barely halfway through the movie or a little over half. He comes back with no consequences. He's just like the guy, and even more of a happy guy than he was before. He looks perfectly fine. And I'm like, it would have been so cool if the Justice League on their own, minus Superman, took out Steppenwolf. Proving that they don't need a guy like Superman to do all their dirty work. They don't need a Superman. Yeah, that's. I'd say that's 100% Batman's fault. He's the one who's pushing them to get Superman, like, resurrect him. You have like a guy who had a lot of character development in Batman v Superman towards the end, turn into like Marvel Walmart version of Iron Man in that movie, yeah. and he was just utterly. Pathetic. Well, I mean, like as this as the direction like, of the like, film, like, like direct- not not yeah. because that they brought him back. I mean, it's a smart decision. It's Superman. I mean, like as that they they chose to bring back Superman in this. They should have like teased him coming back at the end because we all know Superman's gonna be back. But they should have made it a last his death last a lot longer. I'm actually really pleasantly surprised on how that turned out. We really had great conversation. 
I don't think we never really got into a big argument. I actually thought Steven and Devin would really beat each other up, <laughs> but it wasn't bad. Um, so basically, I think we covered pretty much everything we wanted to. If there's anything you guys want to, stop me. But I think we should just discuss briefly for like five minutes um, upcoming films for these franchises. For Marvel, we have, or for the MCU more specifically, we have Captain Marvel, Avengers 4 Untitled, mm-hmm. and Spider-Man Far From Home in 2019. These are going to be interesting films. Um, and then after that, we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and then five untitled films from 2020 2021 um and then i'm just gonna go into dcu and then we can talk about everything we have aquaman which is coming out very soon go watch that support dcu and then shazam which will be coming out in 2019 wonder woman and then also birds of prey suicide squad 2 cyborg flash flashpoint green lantern corpse in 2020 2021. Core. It's core corpse. Corpse. <laughs> Idiot. Core. Corpse. Core. Whatever. Which actually, okay, can I say this? Can you guys agree with me on this? Wouldn't Idris Elba play a great Jon Stewart? He would be the best pick for that. Like, I want, actually, I want more DC movies. We've got a lot of Marvel, and it's just like, obviously, there's only five, and there's like 20. And I'm like, once after Avengers 4, that's when I'm going to like really not care about MCU anymore, and I'm really. I really want them to step up their game for the DCU, and that's why I think I'm right now. I'm most excited about Shazam, mm-hmm. yeah. Aquaman, but yeah, because I think Shazam would be a very unique superhero movie. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I wanted to ask you guys, what are you guys thinking about Aquaman so far? Black Manta looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm. I feel like I'm the only one besides these guys. Have two big villains about in there for Aquaman. Aquaman. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ocean Master. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, don't forget, Jack is super excited about Aquaman for some reason. And he's not excited for Shazam at all. Yeah, wasn't he excited without even seeing the trailer for Aquaman? I, uh, yeah, you, yeah. No, we got his reaction. <laughs> I know, I lost it. I was like, what is this? That was a great conversation yeah. about DCU and the MCU. It wasn't as much the verses. It wasn't really comparing which is better because they're they're great in their own ways and they're weak in their own ways. And some could say the MCU is better because it just had more time to develop, but... Only time will tell. Yeah. So, without further ado, that was a cute line. <laughs> Call me Zack Snyder. Anyways, <laughs> and then you botched it. <laughs> Don't call me a Marvel sheep because I'm not. Anywho. Oh God. <laughs> Anyways. Also, also for everyone listening, I know I've sort of, sort of already said this, but uh, we got into like a lot of good discussion and everything. But if you want, Stephen. If you haven't already listened to the DCEU podcast, oh yeah, we should probably should have said that in the beginning. It's really good. Like we, Stephen and I, like go and break down each movie, what we think, like the problems with it were, yeah, what it was like good what episode. was good, any misconceptions about the movie or anything that things that we didn't like, things that went on behind the scenes um, that caused you know the end result. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. for those of you who want more information on that and would be interested go and listen to that it's a good episode it may not have me in it but don't worry it's really good <laughs> it's okay i can vouch for it it's really good listening for to it. I was, it was like a saturday morning i'm just laying back it's like wait i'm not in this one <laughs> yeah but i think we're ready I slept in this yeah. was good because we all got we we all heard feedback like what's clint's opinion what's devin's what's peter's what's steven's what's mine yeah <laughs> people mine care matters. about that they they do they do (laughs) anyways shout out to our instagram guys go follow us at phantom rant radio 
on Instagram. We would say follow us on Twitter, but it got hacked. (laughs) 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 And also, guys, uh, we're hoping to launch our website soon with merch Mm -hmm. that will be accessible soon with a predetermined date in mind that's not released yet but will be soon anyways (laughs) um but yeah so don't forget to subscribe you know we're that stereotypical subscribe like send feedback blah blah blah. comment let's all end with our favorite mcu slash dcu quote i'll start i am iron man do you know the oldest line in America, Senator? Is that power can be innocent? I am. That's what Vision said at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I took that, Vince. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> and Clint. You think you can threaten <laughs> my mother? <laughs> and with that, in two weeks, we'll be reflecting Aquaman. You'll hear our opinions on those. Maybe we can call in the Moses Brothers to hear what they have to say about it. But stay tuned, guys. we got a lot of exciting things coming. Just like it felt like the Arkham video games, and didn't Snyder get inspiration from the Arkham video games from that fighting style? Yeah, definitely from the way he like just grappled people and beat them to the ground. <laughs> so cool, so great. And do you guys think it's better than any other Christian Bale fight scenes? Yeah, <laughs> Christian Bale yeah. had terrible fight scenes, like yeah. from until like the third one. Sound like even then, like, yeah, muffled gloves hitting faces. Bane, like, doo, doo. and I liked it because it's just like. It's it's realistic. It's like you throw a barrel at a guy, it's gonna kill him. You know, you see the blood on the wall, dude. Yeah, Ryan. Uh, yeah, clearly he'd... I agree with you. <laughs> Shut up, we're gonna end the podcast. You've really <laughs> proven that you're not Marvel sheep today, Ryan. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Anyways, you, you really guys, I know we're talking about the uh, Batman warehousing and BVS. Yeah. Batman because Superman is better than Infinity War. <laughs> No, I totally agree. (laughs) Okay, we're ending it on that. Devin agrees. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. We're going to be close on that. (laughs) The rest of Phantom.